0: Hey there, folks! What do you know, we're back once again! It's the Unicast! episode 144, and this week we are joined by longtime GFOP. She is the marketing and PR manager for uh, Fortis Healthcare uh, Resources and also a longtime member of Maiden Utica, Julie Dukes, Jillian Ducato, joining the show this week. Uh, Also this week, we're going to talk about deleting Facebook, uh, the March for Our Lives, Alex Jones going to court, some history lessons, Mad Mike Hughes, John Oliver, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and we're going to play a quick round of the Un game. It's as exciting as it sounds. All that and more, folks. Episode 144 of the Unicast. We are happy that you're here. Oh, yes. I'm glad we didn't have to do that twice. Heather, it's nice to see you again, nice. even though you woke up having a bad day. I Is did. that the case?
1: Yeah, still there. Still bad.
0: Why? What was your first time? I just
1: woke up. I was just grumpy. I was just grumpy.
0: Can I tell you what I did today that was a stupid maneuver? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I woke up this morning and I had a little extra time and I'm like laying around in bed mm-hmm. and I took my phone out and instead of just like reading the news or like looking at some dumb like wrestling thing, um, I checked my email, like okay. my work email, and I knew I had like 12 emails sitting on my desk when I got into work, and they were all urgent. Mm. And I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be a bad day. And lo and behold, I'm with you. I woke up it's in one of, those days. It's one of those days. Kev, what about you? How are you feeling when you woke up today?
2: Great. I was feeling great. It's a Monday. I'm off on Mondays, so it's always, it was fine. It was a nice day. Well, lucky yeah. It was lucky nice you out nice. today, too. So. It was beautiful. It
0: today. was very lovely was out. nice. Uh, yeah, it does seem, uh, we were saying when we came in today, I don't know, I'm not ready to take the snowblower off the porch and put it into the backyard yet, because I'm sure that the minute I do, we'll get 37 feet of snow. There's but, yeah.
1: There's a rumor there might be snow coming. When, this weekend? Possibly.
0: Don't, oh, that's not nice. I am sorry, I'm, I'm not news. trying to. are
1: <laughs> it <it's> being, real.
0: <laughs> uh, welcome back, folks, episode 144 of the Udicast. I, of course, am your host, Producer Sam Familaro, joined as always by Heather, Kevin, guys. It's another exciting week. Yay! Yeah. Uh, Julie Dukes, our good friend Julie Ducato. She is the marketing and PR manager at the Fortis Healthcare Resources, founding member of Maiden Utica, dog mom. She's all over the place. All right. Let's see. I have lots of stuff to go into this week. Uh, although Heather, I want to hit you up about one of your uh, Twitter complaints this oh, week because it sort of, no it sort of ties into what we're talking about. You were complaining about somebody not celebrating their friend's anniversary with you on Facebook. I'm
1: just being a complete smart ass now, <laughs> with hashtag Facebook matters. You no know, it was our friend's anniversary and I'm like, should I be offended they didn't post our our friend's anniversary? And then my husband liked my picture and didn't put a heart. Should I be offended?
0: She's no no you should not
1: <laughs> should i is my life over
0: uh i actually don't like when they put those pictures like an old picture of I me know. from like six years ago or eight years ago it's like here's a fun thing you're not doing right now from wow. a long time ago no oh, this like, is
1: what you did before you had a kid thanks mm,
0: i didn't think about it from that angle that's <laughs> yeah, a good point remember how cool you used yeah, to be yeah remember when
1: you used to go out and do things fun after seven
0: I think that'll eventually be why I delete Facebook. Not for all of the reasons that everyone else seems to be wanting to delete them. Uh, Kev, you, you're not super active on Facebook, I feel like. No. Do no, you have a Facebook page still? I do. Have you thought about deleting it ever?
2: Uh, a little bit. I got rid of Messenger. Really? That's- yeah, yeah. Messenger is like the most evil of the whole kit. <laughs> um, and it doesn't really serve a purpose. Like I feel like anybody who needs to get a hold of me can get a hold of me via different ways. Like If you need to get a hold of me for something for work... Be a professional. Use the phone. Use the email. Don't hit me up on Facebook. And if it's like somebody that I know, you can get my number from somewhere. So mm. I don't need the messaging service. And that's the one that took a lot of the worst permissions and stuff like that. So sure. I got rid of that. Facebook may be yet to come, but not just yet. Mm.
1: See, I want Messenger and not Facebook.
2: <laughs> you want you want AIM. I, I would, you want AIM. Yeah,
1: I just want <laughs> the messenger part. I don't want the. I don't want Facebook.
0: At the end of the day, as much as I dis dislike facebook a lot of the like the networking for the show mm-hmm. is the most easily accessible and the most easily answered and the most quickly answered on facebook as opposed to other platforms even right. you know and Absolutely. the end of the so i'll always i'll always end up having to keep it at least for the unicast page mm-hmm. although there was a time when i was living in brooklyn when i like would delete my facebook for like a couple like like weeks and then bring it back and then for a couple hours and bring it back yep. You know what? They don't make it super easy to delete your Facebook. You got to go through like a 37 step verification process <laughs> where they got to like, you got to yeah take a picture of yourself and then hold it up next to you and then take a picture of that. It's pretty wild. Um, but again, like it's much like when I complain about the NFL, about how the NFL is like the worst and I hate it, but it's got like a stranglehold on Sundays and <laughs> like no one's ever going to take that day away from them. What's going to take Facebook's block in terms of like if Facebook was gone, everyone's like, we're deleting Facebook. We lost 10 hundred billion dollars in like 10 days what what takes its place Instagram Twitter
1: probably Instagram
0: Instagram becomes the main so I don't see it I don't think it has the infrastructure (laughs) I feel like Facebook's probably just fine at the end of the day that's just my thought
1: I'm over it (laughs) I think I don't
0: and I sort of understand like all like the data mining and what they did it's all terrible um I feel like it's very amorphous, like in general. Like the whole thing seems like they're probably doing a lot of data binding not just for Russia, too, right? I'm sure they are. All the Cambridge Analytica stuff,
3: yeah.
0: But I feel like they data mine all your info just in general, like for everybody. Doesn't like Amazon do that to me on Facebook? Too? Yeah, I'm
1: not even worried about that part. It doesn't even bother me. It's just more of looking into hmm. the same every day of everyone's lives. <laughs> hmm.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, you have a, you, seem, you seem like I'm you seem concerned. What's up? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Like, I'm not, uh... If you, should I be taking this more seriously?
2: Um... Like, the
0: Facebook Cambridge Analytica stuff? I feel like it's kind of hard to... What do you say...
2: What do you mean when you say the Facebook Cambridge Analytica stuff specifically? Like, what part of the... Like, the data mining. I feel like we've been getting data mined
0: since, like, the beginning of the internet. Like, they have been taking our information for well, yeah, a long that, that's time. That's
2: what it's there for. If it's, if it's a free service, that means you are the product. That's what they sell. Mm. Um... I don't know, yeah, I mean, people are starting to... They don't go out of their way to educate people about what goes on, so they're just like, oh, it's not a big deal, it's not that much of a thing, but you start to see a lot of the avenues where it's really cryptic and where it can be really, like, subversive and, you know, bad for Mm. people as a society. I think that you're starting to see they're falling under federal investigations in a couple different avenues. They've lost a lot of money, and people are starting to ask a lot of questions about Mm. their data, what it is, how it affects them, and what it's worth, and I think at some point you're going to have to see... Data privacy laws a regulation of it—if we ever hope to get away from right. the corrupting influence influence of Facebook and what it's done to the Fourth state in this country.
0: Yeah, I think there was a point in time when it seemed like Mark Zuckerberg was like sort of downplaying the fact that people take Facebook seriously as a news source, which did seem kind of naive, right? I don't even know. How, I think that's my big issue. I don't really know how I feel about him. He seems like a shady character. I don't know enough about. Did you see?
1: He took a whole article of a newspaper and put an ad in there about apologizing about the breach of. Android phones and all. Like, seems, it seems took like a very whole article out whole ad.
0: It seems kind of ironic that the guy who does like Facebook and digital media would take a full print ad out he, to he, apologize he should go, for no, you, should look, you should look it, it seems, up. It just
1: seems, came out yesterday.
0: Seems a little old world, but okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good uh, job, Mark. I feel I know, like hopefully people are buying it. it. No, probably. No. Hopefully,
2: it seems like.
0: He doesn't seem like a very like forthcoming, straightforward no. guy, right? Like, he's hes not the guy, like, you look at him, like, that seems like an honest character. He's telling no, that's the truth. No, that's not, not a good
2: him. guy. No. That's not a good man. Like, we've got now 10, 15 years of data to back up the fact that that's mm. not a good person who has the people's mm. best interests at heart. Mm. You know, anybody who harbors ideas of that, you know, people get sort of, like, hero worship for some of these tech people. It's not the same thing yeah. happened with Steve Jobs and with Bill Gates, like... Elon Musk. You know, a lot of these people yeah. aren't, these people aren't your heroes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're not, like, comic book heroes. It's not really how it works.
0: There's, like, a famous, uh, like, Charles Barkley moment back in, like, the 90s where he they interviewed him when he was playing for the Suns, and he had some comment about what him being a bad role model. He was like, I'm not a role model, right? And that was a thing he got a lot of flack for. Now you kind of respect him for just yeah, being absolutely. like, hey, I'm just a guy, right? Like, I don't know why you're looking at me for your, absolutely. like, your morals on <laughs> how you raise your kids and stuff. I'm just, like, a dude. <laughs> like... Now now I kind of respect that. Back in the day, he was sort of vilified for it, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of people who uh, who I sort of vilify on a personal level, and a lot of people do, it was an interesting week for some of the more, uh, for the crummier people in my life. So I'm going to jump through a couple weird stories about them. You guys ready for a couple weird stories about crummy people? Ready. All right. Um, and by the way I'm not going to talk about the Stormy Daniels thing at all no. I know that, that was like a big talking point I didn't watch it any of you guys watch the Stormy Daniels interview that everyone made a big deal out of no, no. I didn't sit down
2: and watch it but I got the regret. content and the yeah.
0: transcript Yeah. they said it was like the highest rated 60 minutes in like like 20 years. I
2: believe it, man. They're getting... I'll tell you what, her lawyer is playing the the president and his people like a <laughs> fiddle. It's crazy. Like, it just looks like an adult beating up a little kid at this point. <laughs> just at every turn, like, they keep putting their foot in their mouth and getting themselves into trouble, and that's uh,
0: wild. Um... What's interesting about it to me is, uh, I think the more interesting about, uh, thing about the whole Stormy Daniels thing is the hush money part of it, right? Like, that's more interesting to me than the sex, because mm-hmm. I find that part gross. Like, yeah, I don't really even... don't... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I hate that whole, like, sub-image. Like, I don't really want to think about it. And
1: they went to it. detail on that interview with that, too. Yeah, i more not... than I wanted to know.
2: Yeah, because that part does nothing for me. Like, it
0: doesn't make me, like, you're not going to impeach him because he's gross,
1: right? Well,
2: no, yeah, that stuff's all just kind of, like, the low-hanging tabloidy fruit. But, like, where the trouble comes in is the, yeah. the campaign finance violations yes. with the use of the money and the illegal payouts and, you know, the lying and the threats going on by the legal team.
0: Right, and that's where I hope that, like, people focus when they think about this stuff and not just, like, the, the the like, the like what do you call it, the penthouse forum mm-hmm. aspect of it. That's like another, I
2: got a lot of old man references this week. You're a very old man. It's like you're forcing yourself to be an old man. Like you're just committed to, yeah, I'm old. It's like, you're not that old. Yes, I am. These are all my references. <laughs> Get off my lawn.
0: Um, this was an interesting story for me this week, and because I hate, I hate Alex Jones. I don't know, I'm sure that like the people who listen to us on this show are not like huge Alex Jones supporters, so that's not a surprise. Uh, Alex Jones had a suit filed against him this week. Did you see this? They're taking him to court.
2: Yeah, probably for being scumbag. <laughs> uh,
0: so, well, this guy Brendan Gilmore, he uh, he had footage of the uh, the car driving into the protesters that killed Heather Heyer in um, on August twelfth. Uh, and Alex Jones, obviously on his show, claimed that this was a he was a deep state chill and a CIA asset, uh, and this was a staged act and all these sort of things. So now they're suing him for damages and they're looking to seek a trial jury and damages and he says he will not accept a cash settlement from jones who's been known to pay off litigants uh, uh, uh litigants and retract their false stories so I think what's interesting about this is this uh, this Brennan Gilmore really doesn't care about the money aspect, just wants Alex Jones to testify I love that he's it. a liar. More
2: and more people are like just coming out and coming for mm-hmm. all the bad guys and just keep it keep it coming. Keep up all the good work. I love seeing everybody <laughs> fighting, and take the power back. In a little more serious one, but same kind of lines, uh,
0: Fox News caught uh, a lawsuit against them this week from Joel and Mary Rich, the parents of Democratic National Committee employee Seth Rich, who they, uh, they claim uh, Fox News... Uh, and a reporter and a guy named Ed Bukowski created a sham story about him being murdered by the DNC for leaking things to WikiLeaks. It's this is crazy online conspiracy. Um if you're on if you're a Reddit person, it was all over Reddit, I feel like. Um, but yeah, they're getting sued this week as well. Uh, again, I like fake news getting taken to court. I don't think nothing anything will happen necessarily from this, but it's again, it's good to make people stand up and like stand behind the things they say. And that's probably the most important aspect of it. Uh, So that's one. I guess we didn't talk, we talked about Stormy Daniels. The other one was, uh, did you see Donald Trump Jr. is getting divorced? Yeah, sorry, a couple weeks ago. Apparently (laughs) it's because he's notoriously cheap, but the part of the story that was crazy to me, did you hear he was apparently having an affair with one of the members of Puff Daddy's music group, Danity Kane?
1: Aubrey, O'Day.
0: Is that a person?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She was for like a minute. (laughs)
0: i just thought that was amazing you know i don't care how famous or how like much money he has he still sort of looks like a thumb (laughs) right like he's definitely he definitely looks like a thumb Uh, and last but not least i I do want to talk about one serious story so i'll get this out of the way what did you think about joe biden and donald trump's public twitter fight (laughs) did you see they're claiming they want to get in a fight with each other each one claiming they would win
1: yeah i don't
0: know i don't first Uh, off i'm not i'm biased obviously I don't think... I think Biden would kill him, right? Biden seems like a yeah. sturdy dude. Oh, yeah, no.
2: Biden. Oh, yeah. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't even be close.
0: <laughs> uh, I will have to say, it's probably not a good look for Joe Biden no, to be out there aggressively a, I little, like...
1: I was kind of upset
0: about yeah. it because I'm
1: a big Joe Biden and to see, that, or hear, see and hear that was just kind of upsetting to me because it's just making them look just as bad as the other side.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, like, I got a laugh out of it, but it's probably not the best source yeah, of no. discourse no. for how we should be carrying politics. Well, it
2: depends. If he's not running for president, which he probably shouldn't, then, you know, let him let him say what he wants to say. I suppose as long as he's not going to be a standard bearer for a unified democratic response, you know what I mean? Like, it's, Yeah. It's, you shouldn't say it, and it's kind of silly, but, like, also at the same point, um, the left has a really bad habit of doing this thing where, like, Holding, holding people in the left, these insane purity tests, like, see, now they're just as bad, and he should really class up his language, and these other people like cartoon, comic book villains, and like, yeah, he probably could have approached it differently, and it doesn't help the situation, it doesn't make them sound mature or put together to say these kind of things out there, but I'm hesitant to rake these people over the coals like what they're doing is just as bad, mm. and the left has a real tendency to do that to our own detriment quite often. Mm-hmm. It's a great point. Uh, all right, so that's pretty
0: much it for uh, weird news and bad news happening to bad people that I know. Oh, you
2: mentioned the deep state real quick, oh. and I just wanted to talk about <laughs> yes the omnipotent power of the deep state because <laughs> oh, I love people it. are obviously people are obviously they don't you don't realize how far the tendrils reach. Luckily, we have our our trusted and vaunted um, congressional representative Claudia Tenney. Yes. Made the news last week. She came out on Talk of the Town, <laughs> yes. uh, where she gets on her weird little Roser fan club platform, and she went out there and she claimed that the whole story of Ben Carson. You remember that happened ago, where like his wife ordered like some a thirty thousand dollar dining room set because why not make money off the taxpayers? Because laws aren't real and who gives a shit? It's um, true. It's um, point. <laughs> and he got in trouble for it, rightfully so, as he should have. He's mm-hmm. a scumbag. And Claudia Tenney came out. And said that's not possible because she knows Ben. He came from poverty. He's not like that. He wouldn't go. But he go. did. Well, because, because people who come from poverty and get a whole bunch of money are known to make really financially oh. sound decisions in the okay. first place, of course. Okay. But then she went out and said that that didn't even really happen. It was the deep state. It's true. The deep state. Oh. The deep state ordered the $30,000 table okay. to try to frame Ben Carson. And that's what's important to the even constituents he in, the <laughs> <laughs> in the district. That's what's important is the deep state ordering room. dining room sets. So uh, get out and vote in November because it's uh, it's just it's sad. If we weren't we have to laugh so that we don't I weep. I forgot all about that. I like
0: the idea of like they just being like a big IKEA order shipped to like deep state <laughs> just <laughs> like 301 <laughs> Michigan Avenue. <laughs> like I mean, uh, yeah man the deep state I like that the deep state uh, it's come around as like the go-to the go-to talking point now, right? Like if you got a ah, deep state Deep State yeah. did It's always the Deep State. Oh, sorry. Well, that's pig.
1: funny. So what is, so oh, if they framed and then they kept the d- dining room set in their it's house. So yeah, it's not. It's like, Where they, is? So, so we we're, were framed. We kept it.
0: I'd like to just walk into that, like the house and just be like, is this the one? Is this is this the $30,000? This, this is nice. It's very Is it worth, first off, okay, what did she get? $30,000 for what did they get? A, a, a table and chairs. Yeah, diamonds. yeah, sound like the black What are they made of? Really with, nice really wood, real marble, real wood. really wood? nice really wood with wood. high level craftsmanship. Yeah. Blood diamonds. <laughs> <Possibly>. <laughs> probably cost more than that. I feel like. Uh, oh, all right, blood diamonds are cheap. <laughs> Covered in blood. <laughs> it's true. All the blood lowers the cost. Uh, I think that's how that works. Do you know
2: that to be true? No, I don't know if that's the truth. So you fell asleep um, halfway through the movie Blood Diamond, and that's your entire education <laughs> on the subject.
0: Leo's very dreamy. Uh,
2: so oh. let us I want to talk about one serious
0: thing this week. it's um, the deep state. Hence, <laughs> since we've moved past the deep state. Uh, so, so this weekend, uh, there was another march. Uh, this was done with 1.2 million people marching for gun control over the weekend in events across the United States. Uh, researchers, so again, it's weird because the numbers are always weird when they estimate how many people come out to these events. Uh, so the numbers skew pretty, pretty intensely, going anywhere from 200,000 to 800,000 people at the Washington, D.C. march alone. Uh, still making it one of the largest single-day protests in the history of the nation's capital, one of the biggest rallies for gun control ever in the nation's capital, and one of the biggest youth protests since the Vietnam, uh, war. I thought it was, um... again i I said this last time we don't have to get into the details of it i just think it's it's really it's refreshing to see like the the fervor and like the passion that like these kids and these people these supporters stand up for these these arguments about gun control considering it's a subject that sort of gets two common complaints uh which is like well we have to why would you like? whatever something happens we talk about this whenever like a shooting happens right and then we the general argument is like oh we, we can't talk about this right now. We have to think about the victims. It's insensitive. Or, you know, it's not sensitive to talk about this right now. And these kids are sort of like, no, we are the victims, and we want to talk about this right now. So that sort of like circumvents that whole, other, like, that whole argument. And then the second one, which I've seen popping up a lot over the last few weeks, is a lot of people being like, well, what do these kids know? They're just kids. They don't have life experience. They don't understand, like, the nuance. <laughs> the
2: the nonstop cutting down and attacking of these kids by, you know, the, the right-wing mm-hmm. folks and the right-wing media is it really goes to highlight how um, just absolutely bankrupt their system of values and morals are and what they prioritize. I mean, nonstop coming to these kids, like, they can't possibly have an opinion for, like, whatever tens of billions of reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's so hypocritical. Coming from all these folks cutting these kids down, these kids are amazing. It's only
1: backfiring on them, too. It is. And And they're coming out stronger at every time, so Mm -hmm. it's only
0: backfiring. Well, I'll give you one example of it, because I saw this one up here. This is the one that I caught on Twitter. Um, So Emma Gonzalez, she's the bald bald girl who gave the really emotional speech where she was silent for, like, six minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, it was very... I cried. (laughs) It's very moving. Um, So there was this picture that she took for a Teen Vogue cover where she was ripping up a gun range target. Yep. And uh, obviously, of course, because why wouldn't it? Uh, far-right Twitter pic- uh, doctored the picture and replaced the gun range target with the U.S. Constitution. Uh, the, the, the gif was widely circulated. Uh, so circulated that Teen Vogue's uh, official content officer had to go to Twitter and post the pictures side-by-side with this quote. The fact that we even have to clarify this is proof of how democracy continues to be fractured by people who manipulate and fabricate the truth. Teen Vogue! Teen Vogue coming out with like journalistic integrity. Teen I love Vogue it. Teen Vogue
2: has had excellent they've won a lot of awards for their investigative yeah. journalism. The journalism program's been really respected for the last, mm. I think, probably six to eight years and have come out past what their original mission statement was and been doing some excellent work along with the news department of BuzzFeed. So you're getting a lot of great reporting from people who aren't Traditionally known for, but making a name for themselves in this sort of new, newer media landscape. Yeah,
1: I hope these kids are getting like a lot of emotional support right now. To have like your your own president and people are higher up picking like making fun of them the way they are, I just it blows my mind. I just really hope that they're getting all the support that they need.
0: Um, so I just want to throw this out here. The the conservative Twitter account, who I will not name, clarified later that the photoshopped animation was quote obviously a parody and satire. But then went on to say,
2: "You're they all- always say yeah. when they get caught.
0: You're all mad because it's believable, isn't it? That's the best type of satire. It's comedic reflection of reality." Okay, first off, uh, the way that satire works is. The idea that you're like satirizing has to be believable to be content. Like this is just trolling, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah, the, yeah, this is trolling, mother, right? That. This is like this happened a couple years like, uh, last year. There was a guy who played for the, the Seahawks, his name was Michael Bennett. He was one of the guys who kneeled for all the, the protests. Mm-hmm. And someone circulated this photo of like him with like waving a burning American flag at a in the Seahawks locker room. And there's a lot of people who are just like, they either don't care that the picture is fake, or they know or they don't think it's fake. Or they just go, fake or not, it doesn't matter. And that's the part that's disconcerting, right? But again, I I do think that while this was, I'm glad that they caught this. I'm glad that Team Vogue, like, Officer comes out and said something. This is probably, we've talked about it before, like, the deep fakes and the weird ability to manipulate content now is something that we're going to have to get used to in the future. Because it's going to happen much more frequently and, assumingly, much more convincingly than this. Like, catch a job on, on Photoshop, which I did see. It was pretty obviously yes. fake. But <laughs> we're going to get to a point in time where, like, everyone's... Like, not everyone. Most people are going to be able to do this convincingly. And then it's a question of, like, do you believe everything you see? Is that too paranoid? I'm not sure. You're a little paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> a little paranoid? All right. All right. Uh, let's, let's take a break. It was a heavier first half than I meant for it to be. The second half is, like, guys, I have an actual
2: game, like a real Game.
1: games Kevin oh, I've, I've seen the game but I didn't
2: yeah well it's
1: going to be fun are we <laughs> have fun
2: coming up after the interview oh, I can't uh, wait let's get
0: to this week's <laughs> interview uh, you know I, I was teasing her about it before she came in uh, she is the last member of Maiden Utica to receive a proper solo interview so I'll have to besides me but I don't count besides Kevin but he doesn't count <laughs> he's very upset that he, he thinks that he doesn't count I'm uh, not
2: upset it's just good to know where I stand Everyone loves you. It's good to know. Stop. See,
0: see, fishing for compliments. It's a terrible habit. Uh, I want
2: compliments from Heather. She's
0: really nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's get to this week's interview. Julie uh, Ducato, one of my all-time favorites. Great human being. We're we'll be back in just a moment. I think that I've had a lot of people come on the show who uh, get nervous under duress. Even people in like PR jobs and marketing jobs, who yeah. when you put a microphone in front of them, they're like, "Oh, uh, uh. yeah." Because yeah. you never
3: know if you say the wrong thing. Well, I think it's, it's, and it's on tape, <laughs> it's right? Recorded.
0: I'm not um, like a, a, a slanderous like merchant. I'm not going to go out there looking. Yeah. I'm not usually looking for like something to hit you with like yeah. a, this is not gotcha journalism i'm not yeah. john calamezzo gotcha. <laughs> this is my plan is to get you in here and do a gotcha journalism uh, i do have one gotcha story for you later on We'll get
3: okay to it, but, good uh, for now oh no <laughs> uh
0: so you are i guess you're officially the the last proper maiden Utica member to get a full yeah. full interview piece uh how mad at me are you because of this
3: I'm a little disappointed.
0: (laughs) A little disappointed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I'm disappointed, but it's okay.
0: Okay, that's okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that you came on though, because uh, I wrote down here and I had to think about it for a minute. I wrote down Chandler Bing. And the reason I wrote down Chandler Bane, I had to think about it for a second, is because you have like three job titles, and I know you have a job, yeah. I just don't know what it is or how it works or how you explain it, much like no one knew what Chandler's yeah. job was on Friends. When we get to that, that's why. That's, that's okay.
3: I love Chandler. He's my favorite on Friends. <laughs> he's the best one. He's he the is most, really He's the, the most one.
0: nuanced character. Yeah. Uh, Jillian Ducato. It always sounds weird calling you Jillian. I always wanted to just call you Jilly Dukes because yeah. of, of Twitter.
3: Yeah, Jill, Jilly, yeah. Jillian.
0: What's your middle name? I don't know your Le- middle name. Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. Jillian Lynn. And then my... Co- I want to say it was Michelle.
3: Do I look like a Michelle? I feel like every
0: Jillian I know is a Michelle afterwards.
3: There's Every Jillian has a great Jillian, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> there
0: you go. Strong. <laughs> strong takes for all the Jillians. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, you are the marketing and PR manager uh, at the Fortis Healthcare Resources. You uh, you are also... Uh, you manage Primary Healthcare's website... I,
3: I'm the marketing director marketing, for right. Primary gym okay. Care as well. All
0: right, and what's your maiden Utica title? That's I don't even know your maiden person. Person girl girl in the, girl. Girl, in, in Utica.
3: girl. <laughs> uh, I guess I was the one that started all the social channels for mm-hmm. Maiden Utica. I was um, besides Twitter because Justin kind of always ran the Twitter. But... So
0: social instigator. Yeah, I
3: know Katie like has a lot of control over it now, and she does a lot because we're but we we all done a lot.
0: I do not that. post ever under Maiden Utica. Mm-hmm. You know, I have sometimes. too. Much, I no, I have too much. Like I forget sometimes to tweet under UticaCast, let alone yeah. <laughs> let alone like made you. The only yeah. time I'm ever on Made Utica's Twitter is if I'm retweeting yeah. a UticaCast thing, and then I have to go to Facebook and apologize. inside tip in, <laughs> inside tip. Yeah, it's get Sam, get, yeah, get the password so you can do your own retweets. Um, so let's start at the beginning though. Dilly yeah. Dukes, where are you from? Where were you born? Where you raised? I
3: was born and raised in Utica. Mm hmm. Yeah. I well, went. Nice. I was born at Saint Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. uh originally was from east utica
0: east utica yeah east side
3: yeah on marjorie street what do you
0: consider home though deerfield deerfield yeah Yeah. when did you move to Deerfield?
3: um not like when i was like four four okay (laughs) so So you you feel more
0: yeah so you probably associate more with that then
3: yeah now i'm a north utican Hmm. always been a north utican
0: you like north utica i
3: love north utica so shout out to all my north uticans (laughs) out there
0: (laughs) we have a lot of it's the podcast draws North Uticaans for whatever reason. Really? We have a lot of North Utica folks on here. Here.
3: Like, everybody in, in Maine and Utica lives in South Utica, and then there's a couple, there's me and Mark live in North Utica, and North Utica gets a bad rap, I feel like.
0: You have more land out there, I yeah. feel like, in general.
3: It's quiet. I'm it, I'm just biased.
0: I, I grew up, like, less than seven streets away from where I live now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, That's I true. just, when I came back to Utica, I was like, mm-hmm. South Utica... Or nothing. <laughs> well,
3: it's funny because growing up in Deerfield, um, when, in Notre Dame, everybody lived in like South Utica. Mm-hmm. So I always want to come to South Utica, come to South Utica, because all my friends were here, and my parents would be like, "Oh, everybody lives on the other side of town." It's true. Like, uh, but it was—I felt like it was so cool here because you could walk to all the uh, different stores and stuff like that, and you can't <laughs> do that in Deerfield.
0: <laughs> it's something that I don't think happens nowadays. But we would walk. I was a Proctor kid, even yeah. though most people thought I went to Notre Dame. I yeah. was a Proctor kid, and we would roam the streets in, like, a big pack. Like, there's, like, six yeah. or seven dudes. That's
3: scary. It seems
0: scary until you realize it's just, like, a bunch of goofy, idiot white kids just, like, riding bikes around, right? Like, it never felt... It, yeah. It didn't feel weird at the time. Like, I'm sure that if I was driving now and I was, like, driving down the street, I'd be an old man and be, like, shaking my fist. Yeah. Like, get out of the road, kids! <laughs> But uh, that was us. I, and yeah. I love, that's what I always think of when I think of like South Utica.
3: Yeah. You could walk to Price Job or you could walk to, um, I don't even know where. What's that? Ridgewood Marketplace. Ridgewood. <laughs>
0: I we love used Ridgewood to go Market there all a, the time. It's a South Utica <laughs> reference point.
3: Yeah, Mar- it? Ridgewood.
0: It's up there. I've been to Ridgewood in like ten years, it's like five feet away.
3: Yeah, that was we used to go there all the time. I thought that was so cool.
0: I remember that more as the name of an Ed Hinko baseball team or one oh, of the baseball yeah. teams you played for. Uh, I played for Ridgewood Market. Uh, Julie. Uh, I probably I probably know this already, but the listeners don't. You grew up by yourself, lone child, no. I have a brother. Brother, yeah. Older, younger.
3: Younger. Mm -hmm. He's he's only we're only eighteen months apart though, so we're like we have all similar friends and.
0: You guys go to school together at the same time.
3: He went. um, No, yeah, we did, but like he went. He didn't go to Notre Dame. He went to Weisbrod. I was gonna say he had a decision. He when we both went to St. Peter's, and then his best friend went to Weisbrod, and he said, "I'm going there." He Mm. didn't want to go to Catholic school. And I decided to keep going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame
0: is an interesting I school. I love Notre Dame. Most people <laughs> so. I know who went to Notre Dame really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I know people who are not. In, I think when you say, like, oh, it's a Catholic school, people yeah. get this impression
3: mm-hmm. that,
0: uh, about what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like Notre Dame was almost like a soft Catholic school. I don't mean that in a yeah. bad way, but, like...
3: you <laughs> we were soft. <laughs> not
0: soft, but, like, I don't feel like that was necessarily the forefront of your like, curriculum, was talking about the Bible, right? Uh,
3: well, we had religion class, and that was cool i guess yeah yeah. but i mean it wasn't like they didn't force it on you i don't sure think mu- they did like you went to church and everything like that sure. but i mean They're. they weren't like yeah, you have to be catholic or else
0: yeah uh, right, right 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 uh well it's funny because a lot of my friends went to notre dame so i feel yeah. like i know a good section of the notre dame crew. notre Dame's
3: is a really good networking community
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you went to notre dame you went to college at Oneana Yes. Oh, yeah, and that's communication studies. Yes, that's correct. I did I, research.
3: I do. Du- did you? <laughs> I dual majored actually. I graduated with. Um, I originally went to school for financial accounting mm-hmm. um, because my dad did not want me to go to school for uh, fashion merchandising, and uh. I changed it because <laughs> there's no way I was going to do financial accounting. Sure. And uh, I went I for fashion merchandising marketing, and I finished that within like two years, and mm. I wanted to stay, so I did communications
0: at that point in time what was the plan did you like communication studies were you thinking like
3: um i always wanted to be on tv on tv um (laughs) that sounds i don't know i mean everyone (laughs) (laughs) I originally um my dream job was to be on QVC when i was eight years old i wanted to be on qbc i used to line up my stuffed animals like (laughs) they were watching me and i would try to sell them stuff (laughs)
0: that's amazing
3: (laughs) and i thought that was like awesome that was my dream job um, my grandfather was on TV. He was on KTV mm, for years. Sure. Um, and then he moved to Rochester, but, so I always thought, like, I was gonna do that. Generalism. you still want to be on TV? Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. I guess being in PR, you ever, you have to be on TV sometimes, but, I mean, it's, mm. I, I don't know. I, I always wanted to be, like, on TV, then I wanted to be on YouTube, I don't
0: know. Well, we'll get to that. God. Uh, no, I think it's funny you said you say it though because I always felt like when I was younger I was an actor type I wanted to be yeah. an actor did musicals wanted to be in front of people mm-hmm. and as I get older I never got famous for acting obviously but like in hindsight I would almost rather be the director then I'm, I'm kind of a ham, yeah. sort of go back and forth. But I feel like as I get older, it'd be nice to be the guy who writes the play, not the guy who acts in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't that know. makes
3: sense. Because then you get to control kind of what's going it's on. It's all
0: about control. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about control. I know. Yeah. Or a person. Uh, did you like your time at Oneana?
3: I loved Oneana. Yeah. Um If anyone's out, lis- out there listening, choosing a school, SUNY ONEANA <laughs> is a really great place because it's um, a nice college town. Um, you're just far enough away that you don't have, you know, you're an yeah. hour away from Utica. Wonderful but,
0: music department. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the music industry department's actually really good, yeah, big yeah. there. Um, it was kind of cool. We would get really cool bands there that, yes. um, they we normally, we, yeah. we had brand new there when I was a sophomore. Was that a was deal. Yeah, yeah. I
0: remember that show. You were there? Oh, I drove out there for that show. Me and, uh, me and my buddy that drove That was a fun
3: time. I was like, I was so pumped because what, what year was that? That was like 2008, 2007. Gotta be right sweet spot. Um, that was like you know you're, they were still really big and you're like I can't believe they.
0: That was probably the first time I'd ever seen them mm-hmm. and uh, it was almost like a gym. It was in like the gym. And yeah. it was Super packed. It was a very. Strange it was the first sold out show they
3: ever had, I think. And it was then, wild. who else came? Basie came. I was like
0: it's such a punk rock hangover. He's like, oh, Basie brand new.
3: It was like it was something a big deal. Right?
0: You had that something corporate <laughs> yeah. T shirt somewhere. I bet you. I do.
3: have two of them. Of course you do.
0: <laughs> so. Oniana you get a communication studies degree. Yeah. Uh, what was your first stop when you left Oniana Where did you want to go? Did you want to uh, come back to Utica? Did you want to leave?
3: I, I always kind of felt like I was going to come back to Utica because I wanted to, uh, I feel like the, the job opportunity was good here. I, I wanted to save money. That yeah. was my sure. thing. I wanted to save money. wanted um, then maybe eventually move, but um, I didn't have a job right out of school until that September. I got a job mm-hmm. at UTR, um, which was, like, a godsend. I didn't yeah, think yeah. that was going to happen in <laughs> my career, in my uh, actual career path. I didn't think I was going to get a job at a TV station. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought? I
0: think it's funny. The closest that I ever got to doing, like, the KTV or the UTR thing was doing, working for the WB. Oh. Right? I was doing those yeah, horrendous I commercials. You're Everyone the forgets the WB
3: guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know about that. And it was funny, because it was the only time I ever really went up to those studios for any other reason other than to, like, mm-hmm. for like business reasons. Yeah. It was kind of nice. Even then, mm-hmm. it was a small... It's small. It's small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, yeah. not, <laughs> not breaking any headlines. Yeah. I say it's a small studio. Like, all studios are generally small. But yeah. Even then, when I was younger, I was like, this, so this is what it's like, huh? This is what it's like if yeah. you're in the big time. They, they <laughs>
3: definitely <laughs> have... Re- if you've been... You it's have been, been a long development yeah. in years. Yeah. Uh, both studios have been remodeled, <laughs> and it's crazy. I don't think they want me up
0: there. No, they're not inviting me up there. Certainly.
3: Somebody needs to invite Sam no up one, to no. the TV station. There's no one wants to invite Or me find there. the WB tapes.
0: No, you know what? Somebody has them. I'm going to find them. My,
3: I need to see those. There's
0: a real chance that my GFOP air Tuttle has those videos floating around somewhere. There um, needs to
3: be like a super cut. I'm they're <laughs> pretty
0: bad. The only one I remember, and if any, I'd, I'd be shocked if I remember, yeah. they forced me to play a detective. Okay, so all right, so it was a black and white commercial, yeah. and I'm sitting in the chair with like the fedora hat on mm-hmm. and the trench coat, and uh, the girl comes in. She's like, I've lost it. I've lost it all. And I'm like, what'd you lose, ma'am? <laughs> and it's like, the will to watch television. And I was like, I got the cure for that. WBU11 featuring Gilmore Girls. Like, I don't remember what shows they were producing. Dawson's Creek? <laughs> Dawson's Creek, Gilmore Girls,
3: um, One Tree Felicity. Helferi- is that a WB show? I think, think it that was. That was a popular
0: show. Vamp- she, she got
3: over. Uh, Buffy was I like on. her,
0: Carrie Russell. She's on that yeah. show, The Americans, which I keep saying, I'm going to watch that show, and I never watched
3: it. I had no idea that was a show. It's big.
0: It's popular, we I have. think. I
3: don't,
0: I don't know. It's on TV. I'm, I'm lame. I'm not up on the cool stuff anymore. I've gotten off track. So, yeah. I lost the train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, so post-college, you finished up at Oneani, you got your communication mm-hmm. studies. Uh, you're looking for work. Uh, when did you actually get in with uh, uh, Fortis? Is this later on?
3: Uh, yeah, this is later on. Because I worked at UTR for like three years. Mm. Three um, years you're there. Yep, I met Justin. That's oh, where Justin Parkinson. Oh, so God. if anybody wants to know where the friendship formed for everybody, I feel I w- met Justin and Zach at <laughs> WTR, and me and Justin hit it up, off really well.
0: Um, so would you say that you blame WTR for you meeting Justin Parkinson?
3: Yes, That's I blame... You- uh, WTR is probably where everything kind of started for everybody. Cause so. We
0: need to get a Made in Utica t-shirt that says Blame UTR for <laughs> Justin Parkinson. It will sell 10 copies yeah. to us and we'll just buy them and wear them around. Uh,
3: yeah, I met him there and I was like, you have to meet um, him and Zach. I was like, you have to meet my, at the time he was my boyfriend. I was like, you have to meet my boyfriend, Mark. You guys would all get along really well.
0: <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Yep. Were you there for the first like initial like Made in Utica like meetings and things like that?
3: Um, I was. Me and Justin were working together then at uh, the ad group. Okay. And so we would drive basically.
0: <laughs> what is the ad group by the way? That's a name you guys throw out all the time. I feel like I'm <laughs> out of the loop. Is that a
3: thing? What's it's the a ad? marketing company? That is, it's with. a real.
0: It's the name of the company. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm so the worst.
3: Com- yeah, we didn't. We we actually went to a company for two years and worked together. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was like a forty. So it was like a forty minute ride A forty five minute ride. Mm. And me and Justin would carpool together. So at the time, (laughs) we would have these long talks, and he was telling me he had an idea, and we would talk about things, and so I really didn't go to the meetings sometimes, I was like in the car talking, meeting with Justin afterwards. Mm -hmm. I would go every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny
0: too, because I wasn't here when it started taking off. You were sort of around when it sort of gained momentum. Was it sort of surprising when it started to like get some traction behind it?
3: Yeah, because, well, when Justin told me he wanted to do something, I was like, I had no idea what he was really envisioning. Sure. And that's where, see, the passport was born in the car.
2: hmm yeah. So
3: we would talk about it, and literally, uh, we talked about, um, I had seen something on Instagram from uh, Colorado about them doing a passport, and I showed it to Justin. I was like, we really should do this. It seems like a cool idea, and we kind of spinned it off and then then we went to work and we worked on it yeah. there and we created i created the template and everything like that and yeah
0: hmm, here
3: we are now
0: <laughs> it feels it it feels to me like it's always been here now it sounds weird like yeah. I, I, I i don't remember like a time now when it wasn't like a part of my like day-to-day lifestyle. routine yeah. lifestyle yeah it's super weird i'm wearing the shirt right now as we're sitting here um so when did you first get in with forest
3: uh I just celebrated 2 years there in October.
0: You are the marketing and PR manager. It sounds yes. very fancy. What's your what's your job like over there? What's it um, so
3: Fornus is a national healthcare recruiting agency. Mm-hmm. Um we we staff uh healthcare professionals in uh, all 50 states. Mm-hmm. Um okay. basically so uh we have two divisions, a permanent division and a travel division. <laughs>
0: You're definitely not laughing about the dogs running around upstairs no. over the top of the interview. Yeah. As,
3: um so We staff, like, travel nursing is, like, 13 weeks, eight-week contracts, um, permanent if some healthcare professional wants to go get another job in a different state. We staff locally as well, but, like, we're all over the place. So, our main headquarters is here in Utica. So, healthcare recruiting is a very interesting industry. I never thought I would be doing healthcare. (laughs) Um, But... It's it's fun, it's exciting, it's actually really exciting. <laughs> it's actually kind of cool, because you don't think you could be kind of, you think of healthcare, you think it's going to be like, like... Stodgy, yeah. Yeah, like the marketing is going to be kind of boring, yeah. but with travel nursing and stuff, you can be really fun, because these these nurses are like, some of them are in an RV, and they're traveling from state to state, <laughs> and they're like, they're like Wanderlust kind of people. <laughs> so it's fun, I, I really enjoy it. Uh,
0: you also are connected with the uh, Touch Truck event. Yes. You were talking that's, to me
3: about that. Yeah, that's, um, that's primary urgent care is about. Oh, really? Okay. So, uh, so what's
0: your connection? So, let's start there. What's uh, your connection with primary urgent care? Then? So,
3: um, Fortis Healthcare Resources is the um, the management team okay. from Fortis is the management team for primary urgent care. Okay. So, primary urgent care is locally owned um, and independently owned, and we are... Physician owned. Yes. So our management team. So I'm part of that team. Goes and helps out with the primary agent care management. So oh, okay. that's why I'm the marketing director for primary agent oh, okay. care. Okay.
0: All right. So that makes. So
3: more sense. if that makes sense um, for people, um, Upstate Providers is the um, management team there. Sure. So I lend a hand.
0: And that's where you're connected you to the Touch of Drugs. Yes. Them. Yeah.
3: So I came up with this event. Um, I it, other company, other states have done it, and sure. um, but I really wanted to bring it to Utica, um, and make. So, primary urgent care, we we work a lot with the fire department mm-hmm. and um we were, we thought what can we do to like with them to kind of like bring something cool to this yeah. area.
0: Well, yeah. little community feedback. Yeah, yeah.
3: And you see so many people in the news now like they I feel like police officers and stuff get painted badly in the news sometimes.
0: It's a very divisive position yeah. now to mm-hmm. pick one you're sort of forced to pick, like, one side yeah. or the other, even though it's not really an issue with sides yeah. in that way. It's a very gray area. Yeah, I mean. and
3: I just wanted to bring, the, bring this to the area so people can get up close yeah. and personal and talk to them and, and kind of see them in a nice light, especially kids, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, great. yeah, our first event was um this last September. Mm. Um, Actually, when we were there, I had a woman come up to me with her son, and she said, my son is very... Uh, you know he gets very nervous around police officers. Right. Re- thank you for having this because huh. he got to meet them and talk to them and he even was took their picture with he yeah. took their picture with them and um, he was. She said this was really great that you know that he got to actually see inside the car and talk to them and maybe he will be a little bit less scared of them <laughs> now. And I was like, that's so sad to hear. <laughs> you know that he has that fear, but it's good that we could have this event where it kind yeah. of. breaks down those walls so yeah um it's something we're looking to do again this year
0: (laughs) and you find his local sponsors for this all the time yeah
3: um so i'm actually um next couple weeks are going to figure out kind of a day a, a, a day in time um for anybody who doesn't know what it is it's a event where we have fire trucks uh construction trucks any type yeah. of large cool trucks we had a helicopter this year yeah. that was really cool it landed right in um, yeah. par- uh not park uh, the, the parkway, parkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful it, and that was really cool because you once it landed the kids like could go up and look inside and actually yeah. sit in the helicopter and that's so like for a little kid yeah yeah, that's for sure. really cool <laughs> um so they get these hands-on experiences with these big trucks. They can take their picture. It was a free event um, last year, and then we collected donations for the veteran outreach center. Um, you know, I think every year we're gonna probably might change up the where who we donate to. Yeah. But um, for right now, I you know we're looking to have it in the fall again. Um, maybe you know I'm, I, I don't have a date. Sure. But um, we are looking for sponsors. If anybody wants to get involved, um, I have some cool ideas. Um, that I want to add this year, make it bigger and better. Um, last year, we were so thankful to have um, Mark Mano of the Utica Food Truck oh, Association. Yeah. Good friend, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He really helped. The, the event could not have gone on without him. He like really got everyone together, because he's also a Utica firefighter, um, so he got the, all, everybody involved and uh, he had the Food Truck Association there. That was really cool. And we had fireworks, too. So,
0: Where should people reach out if they're trying to get in contact with you for that?
3: Um, They can go right to the Primary Urgent Care Facebook page and just send me a message on there. I'll, I'll get it that way. If not, um, just uh, you can give us a call or you send an email to Jillian at primaryurgentcare.com. I love it. I love it's it. Super easy and simple to remember. But best way is probably Facebook.
0: So I want to talk about something... Away from these work. serious conversations, away from these work questions, we get here toward the end. Uh, so one of the things that I remember happening, and it's kind of dated now, and I, I typed in mm-hmm. some things about it. You started sort of a... Saw. Was it a blog? What would you call your whole The Ketchup thing? Okay. What's, the, what's the story that, about it?
3: That's how we met.
0: That's how you yeah, That's how we met going yeah. back in the day.
3: Um, well...
0: It's, kind of, it's so time-specific,
1: but you yeah. guys were like a video
3: blogger, or was it? Okay, so it two, the year was 2009, <laughs> <laughs> and um, YouTube had just gotten big. So um, me and my friend Kate, um, we were in college, and you, I watched a lot of YouTube in 2009 in college. Her. It was just it was like big, came yeah. out. Like I feel like it was just gaining momentum, and Twitter was really big. So we were trying to... We were like, like, all right, how can we... Get a job after college. like, what can we do? like to she was a graphic designer. she's like, What can I do to showcase my work? And I was like, well, I might want to edit videos. Like I looked at YouTube, and I'm like, I think I could do this. yeah <laughs> um a lot of late nights in in Oneyana watching YouTube. and uh yeah, we just, she's like, she hates ketchup. I like ketchup, but yeah. she hated ketchup, so she was like, it was a catchy name. so it I is was good, like, it let's let's do it. let's we were like 20 years old and in college so
0: the key to this moment i think was you guys i wouldn't say you went viral necessarily i don't know if that's the word for it but you made you made a post on an original alt blog from that era we were
3: viral in the hipster community this
0: this was 2009
3: we made it
0: a blog called Hipster runoff. Uh, if you ever heard anything about this, folks? Look it up on the internet. I had to go back to 2015 to find an article. Oh
3: my about god! Did this. you did you used to read it a lot? I used to read it a lot. I feel. So
0: it was. They were sort of talking about this for a certain group of people, group subset of yeah. age between like that late to early to late 2000s, yeah. the early 2010s. It was like daily reading. Like you would get up, yeah. and you would go on hipster runoff. <laughs> you go on pitchfork yep and it was i remember it being a thing it was always full of content Uh and it had this guy carl's carl's who created the blog and he would do all these articles (laughs) and you snarky he was snarky it was sort of snarky but it was also actually pretty well written if you got past the jokes Mm -hmm. it was really interesting stuff and you guys got on there for a video which was basically you and caitlin just naming things that you're looking for in dude, you Want a date? Yes. Right? And It was. It's, it's very <laughs> funny.
3: We were. That was a. That was a good one. We we made it because we both obviously went to different colleges. So yeah. like making it on our MacBook laptops and like trying to like piece it together in yeah. different. She was in Rochester. I was in Oniana, So it, it was creative. It, was, it went <laughs> went back and forth. Yeah. Um. If anybody saw the John uh, Zangrone.
0: our GFOP John Zangrone made a spin-off. response video. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go as viral.
3: It, it was didn't, pretty funny. It was pretty good, though. Uh,
0: that was one of my favorite things from that era. A great time. I wish that that website was not gone, because Me I too. don't think you could find that stuff anymore.
3: No. I, I I wonder what it would be like today with like Instagram and everything like that. I don't know
0: what the common... I don't know what today's equivalent of something like that was. Because blogging Memes. doesn't exist in the same way. Like Blogging was a thing yeah. in that era that it's probably not today, right? Even the Made Utica website yeah. almost has some bloggy tendencies to it but it's not a blog in the way that that stuff was in that era
3: people are impatient they don't want to read they want to watch five second stories on Instagram
0: that's like I'm like the Christopher Cross of the internet like (laughs) I was better when I was just writing things down and talking to a microphone when I have to be on a video they see me and they're like oh no I can't take him seriously anymore I look at his face um,
3: right.
0: Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Maybe.
3: The Utica should get a video blog. Live
0: video blog, I know. Yeah. All right, uh, I won't keep you too long. Uh, you and uh, your, your poor, poor fiance is stuck sitting in the green room while you're doing this. you came all the way down here from North Utica, so I won't keep you too much longer. Oh, that's okay. Are you ready to get into lightning round questions?
3: Oh, my God. I, wouldn't, I did not prepare for this, but yes.
0: <laughs> oh, also, congratulations. I didn't tell you the reason you're really here is you're celebrating the one-year anniversary of being a dog mom.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, officially is in May, but... But she just had her first birthday. So, you know. um, How's the
0: year of having a dog?
3: It's interesting. It definitely I feel like I feel like we haven't been over here a lot lately. I think that like caused us to really like kinda grow up and, you know, stay home a lot, Mm. which is it's nice. We get to enjoy our house and stuff, but like at the same time it's like, oh Stella, she's crazy. She's a crazy puppy and I love her and I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: It is the reason I've come around on cats is I don't feel like I have to watch Charlie as much anymore. If I, Charlie's a good cat. He's a good cat. All right. You ready for lightning round questions? Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Julie Ducato, for being here today. Uh, follow her on Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. But for now, we get into lightning round questions, same five or six questions we've asked everybody who's been on the show for the last 50 to 60 or 70 episodes. I don't remember. Julie Ducato, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
3: Um, I take it with almond milk.
0: Have you ever attempted to go black coffee? That's the more popular yes, answer for people. Yes, I
3: did for a little bit. <laughs> I
0: can't get into it.
3: And <laughs> I, it was okay. I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I just like I like a little bit of sweet.
0: A little bit of sweet in the morning. It's good for you. Because I'm sweet. <laughs> what was your first automobile?
3: Scion uh, TC. It's
0: still the same one you have now. No, I
3: have a Matrix now. That's <laughs> oh, right, the Matrix uh, now. No, um... I'm a very spoiled girl. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's all right. Uh, my dad bought me a 2006 Scion TC when I was in high school because he did not want me to crash. I hit a
0: 1996 <laughs> you, <laughs> you may or may not have taken your 2006 Scion uh, TC to see it. What was your first live music event?
3: Um, Dashboard Confessional, actually, mm-hmm. was.
0: It's funny you say that. I was just talking about Dashboard Confessional today.
3: They're playing Syracuse.
0: Well, okay, so one of my students at school... <laughs> Forced me to listen to this musician that she liked today in class. It was mm-hmm. called some guy named Sean Mendez.
3: Oh, yeah. He's a big, like, YouTube. He started on YouTube. Yeah, he's
0: some sort of, he's some young, yeah. like, poppy white guy mm-hmm. singing love songs on the guitar. I was like, yeah. Right, yeah. And I was like, this reminds me of Dashboard Confessional. And she goes, what's Dashboard <laughs> Confessional? So I showed her the video to vindicate it. Oh, no. And she did not like it. She did not
3: you even. should have showed her screaming infidelities. That's yeah, I thought awesome. about it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't know. I, I, just, the first one I thought of, I couldn't. Yeah, I'm not Fall Out
3: Boy opened that show.
0: Oh, well, they were very popular back then too. So big. Yeah,
3: no, they. Yeah, they just no, they opened. That was Ashford. before. Yeah, this was before. It was in <laughs> University of Buffalo. I'm trying to think of the
0: years for that now. Interesting. I was in ninth
3: grade, so. Uh-huh.
0: Um. Oh, you're,
3: getting, you're old, th- you're old, Julie. I know. I'm gonna be thirty <laughs> this year. Thir-
0: oh, please, please. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
3: Um. I just finished Flint Town. Is that the one about uh... Flint Town, Michigan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay, really good. Yeah. I highly suggest it for everybody. It's a doc. Yeah, yeah. Um. Then I just watched. I just binge watched uh, Santa Clara Diet. Santa Clara Diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I an
0: it's, article about it last week.
3: Okay, it's so cheesy and bad. But it's so good. I like watched yeah, yeah. I on it and all in it. I like Andrew
0: Barrymore. more. I still, I still think she's charming.
3: I, I can't think of the guy's name who's in it with her. But I have like a, like a dad crush on him. Like Is he
0: Timothy Oliphant? Yeah, I love, I love him. him. Yeah, he's my, he's my.
3: I, he, I, he's my older man crush.
0: He was in one of my favorite shows. What he played he's in the show oh, Deadwood. He yeah. plays the sheriff and he's got an amazing mustache. Um, so you're a, you're a notorious like 90s early 2000s uh, yeah. pop culture head. Uh. You get to go to Nickelodeon Studios. They give you the option to say you can go on any game show you want that you think you would do the best in. Which of the classic Nickelodeon game shows would you choose to participate in?
3: Well, I wouldn't be good in Legends of the Hidden Temple because I'm not really good at too awkward (laughs) Well, it's not so much I would when when they go on the steps and they have to answer history questions. I would be terrible at that. No, you
0: get your partner to do that, and then you're just the dynamo Uh, who runs through the maze at the end.
3: Yeah, that would do that. Uh, Guts is good. I. Oh, what's the arcade one called?
0: Nick Arcade. Yeah, I probably Nick, would
3: do Nick Arcade. Nick arcade.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty good one. I always like that one, but then like I always watch the kids at the end and they send them into like yeah. a video zone and you're like, that idiot kid yeah. is standing there in front of a... He's not in a computer no. game. He's in front of a green screen looking like, idiot. Yeah, like he has no
3: point. idea. Or Wild and Crazy Kids. That would be wild good. Wild and Crazy
0: Kids seemed like something you could actually get on.
3: They should bring it- that back. They should... Because they would bring it like around to
0: places, About, I feel like.
3: Yeah, Wild and Crazy Utica. That's...
0: I'm talk about that off the air don't steal that <laughs> idea trademark man you don't touch it uh and last but not least jilly dukes uh besides obviously uh being part of the community being a dog mom being part of the arts marketing communications give me one more thing that you are passionate about
3: my friends
0: mm, that's very sweet
3: yeah um, that's definitely yeah
0: that's good that's great uh what did you think? It wasn't so bad, right? Finally.
3: No, I finally got to be on the show after what? How many years? This
0: is 144. So what's?
3: Well, a year and a half. you guys. Years and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna be on about 10 more times. Yeah,
0: I have to double you up like right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next week as well. <laughs> Julie, thank you for coming in. I thank appreciate you. it. Enjoy the rest of your evening, folks. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. you once again Julie Dukes one of our all time favorites she's the best follower on Twitter, Facebook all those things alright guys um, you know I noticed that I always go to the same couple sources for my history lessons um, and I've noticed that we've been on the show long enough now for almost two years-ish I'm thinking we're getting there we're past two years now right well past, well past almost three years now probably um <sighs> I keep going through my sources, and you find the same history thing. So I had to find some different history sources this week. So things are probably a little different. Oh,
1: okay. You excited? You should be. On this day,
0: 1977, Elvis Costello released his first record, Less Than Zero. What are your thoughts about Elvis Costello before I...
1: Not,
0: not at all never do you, do you like anything about him never no. heard a song or you just don't know anything about no, him I
2: know about him you just don't That's like him i not interested
0: in him Kevin, what are your thoughts Elvis Costello you got any takes he's fine Just fine
2: yeah he's he's <laughs> a great job he's a nice job
0: I was a huge Elvis Costello <laughs> nice guy <job>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> big Elvis Costello guy Elvis Costello was like one of the first like musicians that my stepdad would play around the house mm-hmm. that I sort of picked up on that I didn't think was lame right like he would play a bunch of stuff that I was like Ooh, this is dumb put right. on Green Day right whatever Uh, but this was like one of the first records I was like oh this is kind of cool right so I pulled up some facts about this track a couple things to share with you guys "Lesson Zero was the 8th track on Elvis Costello's debut album My Aim Is True which is an amazing album the best Elvis Costello album there I said it Uh, the song expressed Costello's anger after seeing former British Union of Fascist leader Oswald Mosley interviewed on television attempting to deny his racist past uh, this is the quote. Lesson Zero was a song I had written after seeing the despicable Oswald Mosley being interviewed on BBC television. The former leader of the British Union of Fascists seemed unrepentant about his poisonous actions of the 1930s. This song was more of a slandering fantasy than a reasoned argument. Uh, the song therefore fits in with a number of other early Elvis Costello songs that dealt with themes of fascism and totalitarianism. Um, so he came to the United States and he found that American audiences didn't understand the song. Um, A lot of it was because they didn't know who Oswald Mosley was, and most people thought he was referring to Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who shot Kennedy. Uh, This reference was a common misconception, uh, so much so that there is actually a version of this song called the Dallas version, uh, which uses the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald references instead of the Oswald Mosley references. Uh, And I think I've talked about this before. This song was also involved in Costello's infamous performance on Saturday Night Live. Uh, when he stopped playing it seconds into this show and started playing a different song, Radio Radio, uh, even though he was told not to by his record agency. Love Elvis Costello. So there you go. I would play the song, but I'm afraid that I will get hit with... Uh, you want me to sing it for you? Nope. No? Nope. Don't nope. sing the song? Nope. You want to play it on guitar? <laughs> do you know... Do you know? <laughs> 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 okay. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, on this day, 1979... Uh, It was the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship uh, between Michigan State and Indiana State. Uh, It was the most-watched college basketball final of all time, featuring Irving, Magic Johnson, and, of course, Larry Legend of the uh, Indiana State Sycamores, Larry Bird. Uh, The game established the Magic Bird rivalry as a rivalry for the ages and would catapult both players to NBA stardom after college. Magic was drafted to the Lakers. Bird went to the Celtics. They did very much to revigorate the flagging NBA, boosting ticket sales and television tune ins. They played in three uh, NBA championships against each other head to head. The Celtics won in 1984. And of course, Kevin's beloved Lakers won in 85 and 87. Um, I'm only bringing that up because our NCAA bracket is getting its last week. uh, And I'm so annoyed to say it. I'm super annoyed. I'm in third place. Uh there's some people who are still in it, but the way it looks, the infamous Maiden in Utica's Justin Parkinson is probably gonna oh, win. Stop. Oh, come on. I know, I know. It seems horrendous that in of all things he was in like eighth place, ninth place, wasn't even close. But somehow, some way Jesus. his team might win the national championship. It's just exhausting.
2: <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it? Uh you'll
1: never hear the end of it.
2: Right. yeah uh yeah end really of stuff anyway <laughs>
0: that's true <laughs> so there you go uh however uh long time listener pete forgets still in the running pete i'm rooting for you pete. as long as it's anyone but parkinson save us pete your <laughs> only hope save <laughs> us <laughs> pete these are not the drones you're looking for all right um 1984 on this day 1984 andrew lloyd weber and richard still goes play starlight express premieres uh do you guys know any Andrew Lloyd Webber plays? I was a musical theater guy. You name any one of them. Some of them are famous. Maybe I would know. I don't know. You know the one with the guy who wears the mask? The Phantom
1: of the Opera.
0: Yeah, there's one. Yeah. How about the one where they're all felines? Cats. Cats. Yes, he also <laughs> did that one. <laughs> what about the one about the the Bible? You know that one? Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot,
2: though.
1: Name of it. I Is can't the... remember. Jesus Christ Superstar. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whispering. Cats. Cats. Yeah.
1: I didn't know we were interviewing
2: me.
0: Uh, <laughs> Joseph and the te- so bad, like, <sighs> Joseph and the Amazing <laughs> Technicolor Dreamcoat, Evita, Sunset Boulevard, uh, Starlight Express was somewhat of a weird play. It was a play that was all, it was a musical that was all done on roller skates, which makes it seem really dated, right? 1984. They're like, what can we jump on? That's like a fad that'll never go away. That will always be relevant. Ooh, roller skates. That's the one. Uh, Angela Weber's a weird guy. Uh, in the 1970s, he planned a musical adaption of the Railway Series books featuring Thomas the Tank Engine. So, this was oh. technically supposed to be a Thomas the Tank Engine themed musical. is guys would love that. Is that the thing your son likes?
1: He loves Thomas. Really? Paul. He knows every of single character.
0: I didn't like Thomas. I felt it was unsettling. I think it's the way weird. Their, their faces are a little uncanny valley. I didn't know what that <laughs> meant back then, but I know what it means now, and I don't like it. He loves it. I didn't, yeah, I missed out on Thomas the Tank Engine. I feel like that'd be really strange. I
1: missed out me. too, apparently, but.
0: Mm. However, the guy didn't want to give him permission to use the characters because he felt that Andrew Lloyd Webber was uh, asking for too much freedom with his train characters. <laughs> He's asking for too much leeway. <laughs> I would have loved to be there for that conversation. I'd like to see
1: what it would have turned out like. Uh,
0: the cast was required to train for two to three months in roller skating before they began performances. So you didn't actually have to have prior experience. I feel like that would have been a deal breaker for me though, because I like you could have given me two to three like years, and I probably still wouldn't be <laughs> very good at it. I still can't roller skate. Uh, apparently, a lot of that didn't stop a lot of actors from getting hurt. <laughs> this is like a very notorious play for people to get injured in. Um. <laughs> yeah so that's that we'll move on from that starlight express uh this one this is sort of a less of a history lesson and more of a preemptive notice uh on this day 1987 it was wrestlemania 3 hulk hogan body slammed andre the giant in front of 93,000 people uh also this day on 1988 the next year wrestlemania 4 at trump plaza where the macho man pinned ted DiBiase to win the world title this is another example of one of the things that annoys me about Donald Trump is he keeps popping up at events from my childhood because he was, like, a relevant person back then. Like, he was sitting next to Chuck Norris and Lou Ferrigno, but he was there. I remember it. Super weird, when I go back and watch it. The only reason I'm bringing up WrestleMania is I got a text message from Heather earlier this week, and I wanted to share it with you, Kevin, because it was referring one of your all-time favorite wrestlers. Are you ready for this? This is just her text message.
1: I randomly text him all the time. She does. <laughs> it's
0: the Undertaker is still wrestling. I just saw a preview for this. Now <laughs> I'm interested. Ha 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 ha. Yes. The Undertaker. I, is... I, was,
1: there, I was somewhere where they had cable.
0: And I was <laughs> like,
1: he's still around? He's still just as scary, too.
0: Um, oh, he's a scary guy. And I've told the story about meeting him many times. He's very horrifying in real life yeah, as well. Scary. Um, the only reason I'm bringing this up is I, WrestleMania 34 is a couple weeks down the road. It's next weekend, April 8th. Heather, you can come to our show yeah. and watch. You're going to come watch WrestleMania maybe, with us? Maybe. Uh, You don't have to come for the potential extra Udicast podcast that we do to preview WrestleMania, which I'm Justin Parkinson is very gung-ho to do. I'm very gung-ho to do. Uh, I do think we should have some sort of WrestleMania preview. Less people listen to it than listen to the normal show, shockingly. Uh, But I think it'll be fun. So, WrestleMania next weekend. Uh, Yes, The Undertaker is like 56 years old. I know. It's
1: still scary, though.
0: Now, let me ask you a question. It makes you interested to see him, because for me, I kind of don't want to see him.
1: I just want to, because I just remembered him from when I was... I always feel like he's going to
0: die now. <laughs> like, I always feel like every time... And I know he's supposed to be undead, like he's an undead space wizard, and he he's never going to die, right? But I always feel like when he gets body slammed now, that like that he's just not going to get back up, and I'm going to be very concerned. Um, that's it. And then on this day in 20, uh, 2012... The Mega Millions Lottery Jackpot reached $640 million, which is the world record highest lottery amount. How many lotto tickets have you bought in your entire life? Can you count them on one hand?
2: Yeah. Easily. do
0: i <laughs> <Two. laughs> I've never seen like a lotto ticket thing where I felt like I needed to get involved in this. I
2: mean, there's just no do chance. Do scratch-offs count? I I scratch-offs count? I've, I've bought, bought maybe five them. scratch-offs. I don't count. So I've never bought like a lottery ticket. got to like, buy a, a lottery, pick lottery ticket. Uh, ticket
0: numbers, uh, <laughs> scratch-off is off. kind of a... Uh, it seems a little different. It seems like you're getting a little enjoyment out yeah. of it. If I get a dollar, I might get a dollar's worth of enjoyment out of scratching it, depending on which one it is. You know what I used to like? Do you remember? I don't know. Again, if you're listening to this outside of New York State, you'll have different lotto tickets, but whatever. Uh, the ones that are like the crossword puzzle. Oh, you know what I'm I talking about? Because I and feel like one. it takes me like 15, yeah. 20 minutes to do it. I feel like I actually am like doing something.
1: Mm-hmm. Those don't, are the best.
0: Don't give me a lucky seven because that's not fun. That's no. just like, are there sevens? Nope. I lost. Yep. Okay. All right. All right, let's get into <laughs>
1: what not to get them.
0: <laughs> uh, let's get, don't give me any don't give me any loud tickets, guys. Um, you guys ready to get into some nonsensical, wild news? Some stuff that's not quite as heavy as the first half. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to say a name for you. Heather, you sent this to me. Do you guys remember Mad Mike Hughes? No. can okay, you remember Mad Mike Hughes? <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes was the self-declared flat Earth researcher and DIY steam rocket enthusiast who was going to build his own rocket and blast himself into the air to prove that the world was flat. So, moron. (laughs) Yeah, he was a moron. Sure. After the failures of his first two attempts to launch his steam-powered rocket with the words, quote, research flat Earth, unquote, emblazoned on the side, uh, he was finally able to make his successful launch this weekend, where he launched his idiot self into space... 1875 feet, so not technically space, I suppose, and then somehow survived not falling back to earth with a parachute or whatever. Here's what here's my problem with this story. I've seen a lot of people like talking about this and making fun of this guy. At no point in time in the story did he talk about any confirmation that he made for the yeah. flat Earth. Like His whole point was like, oh, yep, I'm going to research and confirm the flat Earth with this homemade rocket. Yep. And then he goes into space and he comes back. He's like, man, it was hard to I fly know, that I... rocket. It's like, yeah, did you learn anything? I know.
1: I no. I reading it going, well, where's the part where he's going to talk about what he saw?
2: Yeah, is, are you going to talk about <laughs> what kept, you like, saw? I
1: going through it again saying, I did I like, miss it? I <laughs> feel
2: like that's not why he did it. Is it not he, why he did no, it? No, no. He did it to to secure funding. Oh. Now he's got all that money. <laughs> oh. and so he launched the rocket, and now he just disappears with his money. Mm-hmm. Is that really? That's not no. funding for what? Well, of course I think he is. did it
1: for attention so more people will keep watching and listening to him. What do you
2: get when more people watch and listen? Fun. More well, exactly. <laughs> funding. ad dollars. Well, funding. Who's getting it? Who's
0: giving him
1: ad dollars? Oh,
2: morons. I don't know. On these it's other like Scientology and
1: all those things. There's a mm-hmm. flat earth colony out there. <laughs> There's
2: plenty of idiots giving away money.
1: He's <laughs> like a saucer.
0: Um, so, <laughs> let's go.
1: So <laughs> he said.
0: So, uh, you guys like John Oliver? We watched John Oliver a few weeks ago. I'm a big John Oliver supporter. Uh, a couple weeks ago, John Oliver put out a children's book uh, about Mike Pence's uh <laughs> rabbit, pet rabbit, Mar- uh, Marlon Bundo. You guys read about this at all? Oh, I- so, the president, uh, Mike Pence and his wife and the Pence family put out this book about their rabbit, The Life of Marlon Bundo, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, right? Um, John Oliver decided that he was going to put out his own version of the book called "A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. I want to read it. Which he did. <laughs> uh, and apparently, the joke was he wanted you to buy it and all the money would go to charity and he wanted to sell more than Mike Pence did, Um Not only did he sell more than Mike Pence did, it's the number one book on Amazon right now. It's sold out, and it's currently in back orders. I have to say, you know, I know that John Albert, much like everybody else, is just a TV personality. So I like what he has to say. I like the way he presents his show. But again, you know, he's just a TV personality. It's impressive the way that he can rally people to get sort of campaigns to work this way, though, and get, like, people on board of these grassroots campaigns. That's a real skill, and it's very impressive mm-hmm. to me. I, uh, I'm kind of tempted to buy the book for my niece and nephew. Although it. I think they're a little too old for it now. I don't think they'll appreciate it. Just buy it. it. Just buy it for myself.
1: Just buy it. <laughs> I
0: suppose. Um, let's see. Uh, what's going on here? A little entertainment news for you. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Band from the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Netflix got a uh, got a notice this week that they are no longer allowed to be judged in competition for the Cannes Film Festival because they don't release their movies
2: in theaters. Oh. So, uh, do you feel like uh, that's a fair point? Yeah, I mean, it's their club; they can make the rules. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I I kind of I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I suppose you're right. Like it is their sort of it's their, their own private film festival; they do what mm-hmm. they want. I think it's an interesting thing to say that it's judge because it wasn't in a theater though, right? Like I... No, that's their whole Well,
1: that's why they have like the indie movie awards and things like Yeah, so that's that's different. the whole yeah. point the of making cate- Someone needs to make one for that kind of thing. It's got
0: to be a downer for Netflix though, right? cuz they're probably their whole MO is to get movies and probably try and get movies on the same platform as like theater movies probably gotta be a blow for Netflix in their opinion
1: I don't it, think the viewers care though I mean, I no don't I don't think it's a blow
2: for Netflix I feel like Netflix probably wanted to back pocket some stuff so they could say hey we won this award and this award to sell more subscriptions but I don't think anybody at Netflix like feelings are hurt certainly you know what I mean like, right. I don't think they care maybe like they'll play for the
1: new film festival that's what Netflix would
2: do next. Yeah, but I mean, they're you know they're doing a different thing. They get plenty of what they get, but the whole reason that people make these films is to show them in theaters, not to stream them off like your friends, ex girlfriends, mailman's Netflix account that you're using. The best, the, the, <laughs> the best argument I've ever
0: actually heard for like anti Netflix and anti like streaming was from David Lynch of all people, who I love, so I obviously took it very seriously. He basically was just yeah. arguing that you can't really. Um, you can't. Oh, there's a stink bug. Oh, no, a stink bug in the studio. He basically was arguing that you can't really experience a film to its full potential on a small screen, like on your phone or on your cell phone or on a laptop. It sort of defeats the purpose of creating, like, the movie set piece, right? Now, I think that makes more sense for some movies than others, but that's a fair point. And I think, again, it's their own club. They can do what they want. Uh, I do want to get to our game, obviously, this yes. game that I'm very excited for. Um, but I have, I have to share something with you guys. We've talked a lot in the past about flat earth, about outrageous <laughs> takes, about wild things that people have said and done in the past. Um, this has got to be one of the wildest, scorched earth, hottest takes I've ever heard in my life, and I have to talk about it. All right. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is a basketball player. Jordan Clarkson plays, I want to say for the Cavaliers now. He's been traded around a couple times. Okay. He was on an interview with a guy named DJ Montage on this podcast called Road Trippin', okay? And he was talking with this DJ about what he, he doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Now, again, I'm a huge dinosaur fan. This is very well known. I support dinosaurs. I don't buy into the fake, the dinosaurs are a conspiracy theory. I want you to hear this take, though. Check this out. This is Jordan Clarkson. I don't believe in dinosaurs either. Well, no, I actually do. I believe that this is going to get a little crazy. I'm going to take y'all a little left on this, okay? So, let me, so, I think there were bigger people in the world before us, and, like, the dinosaurs were their pets. That's, But where
1: are the remains of the bigger people?
0: And the guy says, So the DJ says, wait, you mean like on a leash, like a pet? So how big are these people? And, they, and Clarkson goes on to say, oh, you know, look at the dinosaur. They got to be like three uh, times bigger than them. And then the DJ says to him, well, where are the bones? And Clarkson goes, mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> this is absolutely, I, I got to feel like this is fake. Right? He can't really believe this. One of right? my favorite things to watch happen nowadays <laughs> is when younger people, because Jordan Clarkson, like 23, 24, like, Watching them when they're very obviously trolling the media and making stuff up, but like the people in the media take everything seriously because they're used to athletes coming out and being like, seriously, like, well, we just got to get out there and win the game. And I've been, you know, running a lot of laps and getting my shots in the gym. Now these guys are out here just having fun and people take them dead. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. The Kyrie Irving doesn't believe that the earth is flat. But he believes that it's hilarious to have people out there talking about it and it raises <laughs> this, his profile. This, this is one of the most outrageous takes. I hope takes. it was just I think it. it was hope. obviously. I, I don't
1: know. It's I an mean, amazing take knows? either way. Right,
0: I do. Uh, I feel it's an amazing take. Uh, all right. Guys, uh, before we close out today, uh, I found something. You know, I work in public education. So a lot of times the things that are in your classrooms are recycled, handed down. I have a lot of board games and stuff in my classroom that the kids play. While scrolling through some of the boxes and some of the things that were in there a couple days ago, cleaning up my room, I found this small box
2: with a card game. It is called The Un-Game. Okay, so this is already... You should post a picture to the Instagram. I mean, you don't need to do it, like, this second, but... Um, well, Because I can see why you were drawn to the box, because the box looks amazing. And then there's the game that's inside, which...
0: Yeah, so let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this game because I was really fascinated when I found this. Again, I'm using my word of the week. Uh, fascinated. So these are the rules of success for using the ungame, okay? Uh, so again, we're not going to use all of these rules because it would be forever. Determine a time for playing a uh, length of playing time. For optimum results, 45 minutes to an hour. We're not doing that, obviously. Players are encouraged to sit close together. The ungame works best with two to eight people of any age. Okay, here we are. Players agree to remain silent except for on their turns. Uh, Select a deck of cards to be used. You can use deck one or deck two. Deck one contains lighthearted topics that should be used first. And the second deck contains more serious topics that work best after a group has practiced sharing, listening, and interacting with deck one.
2: Okay, maybe that's maybe that's why I was having a bit of the, the problem because whatever cards I looked through earlier, it seemed like the most depressing game in the world. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I looked through the not lighthearted maybe pile it because it was basically like really like deep, like thought provoking, like hurt your feelings kind of questions and stuff mm-hmm. like that to be asked to like get to know people is this better like this. I think this is like yeah, a game. The, what, well, it's not a game necessarily yet. See if you can find a year on it, because I
0: was looking for a year. Uh this says well, I'll let you take a look if you find. I can't find it here. It looks very 70s. So I'm gonna take one card from pile one, the lighthearted deck, and I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you one of each. So here's one for you, one for you, and one for me. Don't look at it yet. Okay. We're not gonna look at it until we get to read the cards. Then I'm gonna take one out of the less lighthearted pile, and we're gonna read one of each, and we're gonna answer the questions. Are you guys ready? No. Okay. I can't talk. All right. So Because I brought this this ungame in to you poor, unsuspecting people, I will bite the bullet, and I will go first. I will use my first question. Are you ready to to discuss this question? All right. Topic. If you could be someone else when you wake up tomorrow, who would you like to be, and why? That's not as—that's a little lighthearted, I suppose— Hmm, if I could wake up tomorrow and be someone else, like a person who already exists or like have a better life than I have now, I'd be a I think you know, I think you have to be somebody else. You have to be, be somebody else. Somebody else. Like else. So, so who's can. so whose life would be dope? I would say Charles the Uticat who lives in the studio, his life is pretty great. He just rolls around and sleeps all day and scratches things and hangs out outside. I guess if we're talking about a person, it'd be dope to be some sort of professional soccer player like it'd be all right to be like Lionel Messi. How about you guys? Anybody? Anybody?
2: <laughs> Uh, somebody independently wealthy with, Independent. with with zero fame. Yeah, independently wealthy I with want zero nobody fame. Nobody to know who I am, but I want all the money. Yeah. Like I don't want to mm. be famous. I don't want to be like recognized. None of that stuff. Just I want the the money. That's
0: fair. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very good. Who wants to go next? Use their number one card. Heather, you ready? Loud and proud.
1: Oh jeez. How would you spend six hours with your best friend? <laughs>
0: Oh, how would you, Heather? <laughs>
1: Depends on what friend. I'm just kidding. Um, um uh, I. This is stupid. Um, <laughs> it's a game. Come on. I guess I would go. Um, I would go on a small little road trip. Uh. And
0: Short road trip.
1: Yeah, I would go. I don't know if there's a place with lots of snow. I'd go skiing
2: and stuff. All right, very good. There you go. All right, Kevin, you ready? Number one. Question number one. What is your favorite movie? <laughs> really? Why did you like it? <laughs> well, <laughs> geez, you know, I don't know. It's um, I suppose I like a lot of movies. Why did you like
1: it?
2: Because they're good.
1: <laughs> Which one? What movie?
0: Well, of all the movies mm-hmm. that you liked because they were Just, good, which did
2: you like the most cause it was the most good? Why? And why? <laughs> and why? Which of the good fun. movies was the most good is what they're asking. Um I will say I will say The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan Batman movie, and I liked it because it was good. <laughs> it was indeed. This is the game. It
0: is the game. This is the game. All right. So that's the lighthearted one. Do you feel Prepared now after these light hearted questions. Yeah, those to, are the fun upbeat <laughs> questions. The more those next series. ones
2: are the downers. So die are ready. you ready?
0: All right, so I'll go first again because again I. This is my fault. So,
1: it sure. I just
2: well, before we read the questions number two, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, did, no. I picked a random card at will out of this game earlier and say Michelle it to me and I was looking at it. The first card I picked up from the pile number two is how do you feel about child abuse? <laughs> no. That was legitimate. Oh. So that's where we're headed. With it could be in here. We with put it card back. number two. We put it back in the deck. Can I get so a reach? <laughs> no, let's see. so card number
0: two. Here we go. Topic. Oh. <laughs> Share your views on adult bookstores. Um, they exist. I don't, anytime I've ever been inside a store that is like an adult store, I have the same problem as if I'm ever in like an adult or a gentleman's club. I can't take it seriously and I laugh a lot. Like I can't like look at like a book that's got like some serious <laughs> romantic imagery on the front and not be like that's nah, I'm gonna mock
2: this. That's, I have a hard time. It's not. They're not romantic
0: books. Right. right. <laughs> I know. So it's you I, I, I know. It's you true. It uh, I'm what trying to that? keep it kosher <laughs> for the, the public. I have no opinions about adult bookstores. If you like them salute good for you enjoy them if that's your thing
2: outdated in 28
0: it does seem outdated in 28 maybe in 1973 this would have been a more relevant question how do you feel about internet pornography i guess is what this question is really asking right i mean it exists what are you gonna do now
2: they're asking about adult books right
0: okay all right so move on question number two
1: okay when do you feel like withdrawing from the world Every morning when I open Facebook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, every minute of every day. T- okay, I don't think this game was meant for 2018. <laughs> no.
1: What did, the, what did someone in the 70s say? What would make them?
0: <laughs> well, in the 70s, it was probably just like uh, the same stuff. It just wasn't like pushed down your throat all the time by social media. Okay. Just different versions of the same thing, I suppose. Okay. All right, Kev, you ready to close it out?
2: Uh, yeah, my question is, give three reasons why someone should have you for a friend. Oh! <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd be happy to. <laughs> three reasons. Um, well, one, I like to think that I'm relatively level-headed. Mm. Uh, Number two, I'm not going to put too many demands on your time or what it is that you want to do. I'm happy being friends when we're friends and having life separately when we don't. And number three, because uh, people tell me that I'm a relatively good conversationalist to speaking to people. And it mm. seems like something somebody would want to recruit in a friend. Mm. Uh, so if you want to be my friend, DM Heather on Twitter and she'll forward the replies to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't DM me. Because
2: you're blocked. You can't get them to me. Oh, no,
1: I'm not blocked. I went on your Twitter the other day.
2: Did you? Yeah, you unblocked me. I got to reblock Let's you. Let's get over that. Reblock. All right. Reason number four, I blocked Heather.
0: <laughs> so that was the ungame. Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we will It was we'll...
2: not a game. It was not no a game. Well, they called the, the ungame. The Yeah,
0: look it up on the internet. I'll send a picture too. Uh, thanks to Jilly Dukes, of course, for coming in. Woo-hoo! Always a pleasure. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter, HeatherWaz1. Don't follow Kevin on any social media platforms. He hates it. You can
2: follow me on Instagram. That's Instagram's
0: all right. fine. Uh, you can follow we'll me at SFD. We're out there. Uh, follow at the UDCast on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Made in Utica.com, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, we're taking over the web. Happy Rusev Day, folks. Sayonara. Humanoids, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, and we will see you next week.